I'm Karen Wright. It is 935 and it's time for Master Gardeners Gardening with Karen and Barb. Good morning, Barb Lamson. Hey there, Karen, and good morning to you. I mean, it's just, it's really nice out this morning. Just beautiful. It is nice. And, you know, we had that rain last week, which really helped things. I mean, you can see the crops are doing well, but it's still, we're so short of the what we need. And I, I haven't even mowed my grass since that because right. it hasn't been growing much. And I on on Facebook, I'm a part of gardening groups. Mm-hmm. And one of the things people are showing pictures of their plants that don't look very good. And they're saying, well, what should I do? And people are like, fertilize it, fertilize it, because they think yeah. that'll magically yeah. make it pop up. And that's probably the worst thing you can do right now is yeah. to fertilize something that's already stressed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The other thing is, if you have um, a lot of times your lawn, it's not growing evenly. And maybe closer to if you have a flower bed or something, you'll see that you have a border of grass that's taller. Just just take your weed whacker and get rid of the, that grass if it's about, you know, eight inches tall or something like that. But don't bother with the rest of it. It's going to be just fine. Just leave it alone. Don't stress it. And the other thing about grass is that when you mow it short, um, it heats up faster because there's spaces for the sun rays to penetrate. So well, that also, doesn't do it anymore. Also, it allows the weeds to get a head start because all of a sudden these weeds are like, hey, there's no grass. Look at all the sun I've got. And and they're able to survive better so you get more weeds. And most of us have Kentucky bluegrass, which is kind of the thing that... A blend. Yeah. Uh, Well, some people have pure Kentucky bluegrass, but it can start turning brown after about seven days without water. So a lot of lawns are brown. Uh, the browning of the grass is, means it's going into dormancy in order to survive the drought, and some of the leaf tissue will die, but the base and the roots of the grass are still alive and will green up when the water returns. I was uh, chatting with my neighbor lady across the street last night, and she says, oh, we water ours about three times a week. And I said, you know what, what would be better? And she's open to, you know, mm-hmm. suggestions. Not everybody is. Sure. Uh, but she's, I said, you know what would be better if you... Uh, watered once a week and had at least an inch you can put like a cup or something out there and and when it gets to an inch in there because that's deep watering that's what your lawn needs each week and one time a week will be so much better because then it will go down and soak in the roots versus just a little bit and then just a little bit get down and so then the roots don't get deep and they don't get as strong and, and resilient exactly you know it's so funny um last week one night we were at a gathering and this lady recognized my voice and she said (laughs) ah i listened to you on the radio you're barb lampson i said yeah she said well i've got a question for you she said um my grass is all brown she said what do i do now and i said just let it be and it will come back she said well shouldn't i water and i said no and this lady sitting next to her piped up and she said well, you don't have to be a master gardener to know that. And I oh, jeez. <laughs> I said, yeah, you're right. But it's surprising how people, how many people don't understand that. And it, the That's grass right. has gone dormant. And uh, every year it does this when we get these hot spells. And it's it's hot and dry at the same time. But usually it's not till in July we, we right. start seeing this. So it's been early this year. Yeah, yeah. Because the normal temperature for uh, June is 76 degrees and look at how much beyond that we were so we really had drought like conditions going on barbine is actually looking pretty green because there's a lot of clover in it and it's okay yeah so is mine yeah i've got clover and i've also got um the um violets that that spread in there the woodland violets and honestly they stay nice and green too as well and 
I don't know what the crows are doing, but my neighbor, Mrs. J, feeds them, and then they've been over in my yard. Uh, do do crows look for uh, night crawlers and things in your grass? I don't know. Or, so or they've the- been scouting. You know, they walk, and they survey the yard, and they're pecking here and pecking there. Um, I'm really quite surprised what they're looking for. Well, it says crows are omnivores, which means they eat nearly anything. They'll eat little mammals, amphibians, reptiles, eggs, and carrion. They also eat seeds, grains, nuts, fruit, non-insect anthropods, mollusks, worms, and even other birds. So I guess who knows what they're over there (laughs) It's like I've got my own private lawn care service (laughs) with them coming over, and and I hope they're getting weed seeds and things like that, too. So I just just like to watch them. They're they're really beautiful, and they don't have a care in the world. They're not afraid of anything. They just stay on the ground. Well, they're pretty big. Scouting. Yeah, they scout around. And then talking about birds, which has become my you know, just tremendous love. We have these little wrens, and I don't know if we have one single wren that I keep seeing or if we have a pair, but um, cute. she has got her nest in a um, uh, in in a little uh, birdhouse right back where one of my watering areas is, where I've got two rain barrels, and then I've got a half a barrel that's open with water in it. And she chatters i thought i had a squirrel (laughs) chattering at me but it turned out it was her and that little precious little bird just you know just so so tiny so absolutely tiny she just chattered and chattered and i thought well please sweetheart go back to your (laughs) to your house you might have babies there waiting for you and and so i decided i better go get some water from someplace else and not bother her but very protective bird well i have had just a yard full of uh, house finches and uh, goldfinches yes and you know what they love in my yard no the seeds from the salvia you know those purple salvia and they're perennials and they get once they they get kind of done they'll get kind of brown and sure and yucky looking but i have had just like five six at a time and they're in there and they 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 land you know they're not real stiff or anything like a, a tree they're kind of wiggle but the birds will grab yeah. on there and they peck those seeds and last night i did deadhead most of them i took my my trimmer and deadheaded most of them but i left some because the birds love them so I much too karen and and now we're going to get more new ones coming back yeah and and that um perennial salvia uh, and you see it in boulevard plantings and things it's very hardy yes you didn't have to water it it's just really great but uh once you you can cut the 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 uh, when you deadhead them cut those uh, seed pods keep uh, and set them beside the plant so that the birds can see them so everything can see them and then you can do some real severe pruning with them they come back just beautifully and it's just like you got a whole new plant I didn't set them beside I, I didn't want them to reseed because they they get kind of prolific so yeah. I, I just left a few though yeah you know what else I've heard some people are seeing I have not yes. seen them yet but you said you have them on your street yeah um, we're talking about the Japanese beetle oh so JB. many people yeah and uh, this is the time usually the beginning of July when the Japanese beetle shows its ugly head <laughs> and my neighbor uh, mrs. J they handpicked 18 beetles often assorted things in the garden it seems like as usual they will eat on anything now they I, have favorites though and we know that yes we do but fortunately um, 
the the uh, roses bushes that I have in the back, Easy Elegant, they're all done. They don't have any uh, any uh, uh, blooms on them right now. They had some fading, wilting things. But well, they I like got, the leaves, though. The oh yeah, but they've always been in the flowers. Oh okay. And they they eat the buds and they eat yep. the flowers around in that. And then uh, the hibiscus uh, uh, in the front yard. That hasn't bloomed yet either. So, uh, and and it. But has, they'll stick around for a few weeks. So. Oh yes, they will. And here's something to note: we learned last year that uh, people who do a lot of watering on their yard, the Japanese beetles that live underground prefer those wet soils. Maybe that's why they don't aren't at my yard yet. <laughs> yeah, because I'm well, not watering like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so bear that in mind too as a reason not to be dumping a water on your grass. Now, I have actually seen on my garden sites that I, that I do people with pictures. They'll show pictures, and they, to me, they're so obvious that the Japanese beetles. So, some people don't know what they look like. They're actually very pretty. Yes, they are. They're about oh, well, how would how would you say they're. Not, they're not real big, but they're about a third to a half an inch long. And they have this metallic sheen to them. They're kind of green with yeah. a little brownish yes. sheen. And like I said, they're very pretty, but they can really do a lot of damage. Right. If you have a healthy plant, they probably won't kill it. Right. Um, but they disfigure it to the point oh, where you just say, oh. Why do I bother? Yeah, yeah. Why do I bother? And they are invasive species. And that's, uh, you know, one of the things we're getting more and more invasive sure. species. And they love the leaves, the flowers, the fruit of more than 300 species of plants, um, and they're pests of turf grass. So some people this spring, when they had brown turf grass, was like, well, what's wrong with my grass? The grubs, when they lay their little mm-hmm. their little eggs, can can wreck your, your lawn, too. Sure, they, they, that's where they live, and they're eating the uh, the roots. That's what they're living on until they, they, they mature enough, and then they fly up, and they find their favorite thing. Last year, for the first time, the Japanese beetles were on my raspberries, and oh. I didn't find them in the raspberries, but I found them eating the leaves. Okay. And, and that was enough. I just said, you know, my gosh, is it anything sacred here? It's mainly yeah. the the appearance that they affect. So I know when you go to a store and they got those traps, and you think, oh, I'll do it like a mouse and I'll just trap them. Mm-hmm. Bad idea. Right. And the extension recommends against using traps. Yes. I've I did that one year to my chagrin. Um, I thought, well, I'll try this, and I caught so many Japanese beetles. I thought, well, look at how many I'm catching. I also that's because I was attracting them right because there's a pheromone smell in there and it attracts them so yes. do not use those traps yes yeah. it looks like you're getting them I have to do like you I go off and pick them and yeah. put them in a bucket of soapy water and drown them every morning before they start moving around yes they seem to be lethargic they're just waking up and you can grab a hole of them and dump them in your bucket and that takes care of them but um, talking about things that are invasive, um, at uh, Mrs. J's house, she has chain link fence all the way around the backyard, and the deer are jumping the chain link fence. Oh no! Oh yes! How tall is it? Like four feet? Um, or three feet? I, I don't know how. That's about four feet. Yeah. That's about four feet. Yeah. Yeah. They jumped it, huh? They wow. uh, yeah, twice oh. now, two nights in a row, and they ate the beautiful uh, peas. Uh, down to nothing. They ate her peas. They ate the the tomato plants. Now, why would they go after tomato plants? That's odd because and usually... And this was the brandy wine that oh. they wanted that they were eating. Some they left. That's odd. Uh, they ate um, 
New England asters. They ate them down. Yeah, and they were had, they little ones because sometimes little ones don't oh, know no. any better. This is Mrs. J identified this <laughs> okay. as a doe, a female oh. doe, a big one. She's she's been alone every time she's came and she's come and done huh. this. So, yeah, right. So well, I built a seven foot fence and I haven't had anything jump that yet. So I'm glad I right, did that. But right. Yeah, that's too bad. You know, I think what you'd have to do is, I think netting might work. If you would cover everything and then anchor it uh, to the ground with the netting, I think that might keep them out. Oh, and by the way, the deer are attracted to the lilies. Oh, they love them. That's like candy. That's right, because the lily actually gives off a pheromone, which attracts them. Oh, so I didn't know that. So you're bringing them in. You're just bringing them in. So uh, here again, I think uh, getting some netting. And well, I've used deer defeat, and that's that spray that smells bad, so right. it, it must cover up that pheromone smell and deter them, because so far they haven't bother them might knock on wood but I have to keep reapplying but I think as you as you grow things that they're after that are taller like like your peas Mm -hmm. it's hard to keep the whole plant you know covered yes that's giving off enough Um, the other thing is squirrels the squirrels have invaded my yard and um, I they I plant, they dig, they, they're just just a nuisance this year. So I took some, I had planted some new annuals, and uh, I simply covered them with netting and, and weighted the netting down. And this is the lightweight netting that you can just get online, the type of thing that yeah. keeps insects and things off. And, um, and, and now that's it. I don't they're done with that area of my garden they'll probably be attacking something else you know i've also in the past got uh, lightweight netting that i put over things for uh repelling the japanese beetle too because they can't get through that yeah it helps i mean sometimes they can get under but at least it helps yeah a little bit so yes yes i agree and it's really surprising um things are growing really fast you know oh yeah that that we're so slow to take off this spring we we planted Mm -hmm. them out and we waited and waited and finally they broke dormancy and they've just since the rain yes i bet you they've grown at least a foot, maybe more, in the, in this short a time. And you know, since the rain, there's also been things that have popped up like weeds. I had, last year, we dug out a trumpet vine. You know, those are those beautiful flowers that the hummingbirds yes. love, but they get so big. They've got these little orange, pretty flowers, but yes. they get bigger and bigger. And at first, mine wasn't doing it. I didn't think anything of it, but by the third year, it had overtaken the siding on the house, so I had to pull it out, and yes, we thought we got all bad. the roots. After this rain, I've got little... Yeah. Babies coming up everywhere. I I remember um, my roommate. Um, we were at her mom's house. She'd invited us, you know, poor college students for supper, <laughs> and we gladly went. And uh, she said, "Would you like to see the garden?" And I said, "Yes." And she had this trumpet vine, and it happened to be blooming. And she had had at one time um, clotheslines. And so she had oh. this metal bar going across and down, and it was great. And she had these, and this uh, trumpet vine was growing all over that. And I said to her, oh, someday when I have my own home, I would love to <laughs> have a start of that. And she said, no, I won't give you that. That was the biggest mistake we ever made, putting that in. She said, you know, it, it wants to go all over. Oh, yes. And so I took that message to heart and have never put them in but um there's a house up on main street on the top of the hill in the corner of maine and burles and they have two of them 
and one is going up the tree and one is going up the light pole and they've gotten so wide yeah i mean they don't stay close like uh you know when we think of virginia creeper it it clings up to the tree yeah yeah but this is a twisting twining thing yeah i, I think if i had like a, maybe a acreage like six plus acres or something you maybe if i put it on the edge or something but i i wouldn't want it near my house or anything i think the other thing is that if there's seeds the birds eat them and and they spread and you don't want to be dealing with that either and a lot of times these invasive plants like that uh, you don't discover them until they've gotten a foothold because they go under something right i've gotten to the point this year where uh, the flocks which is a nice big thick bushy plant i i open it up you know go along the base and look for something that might be starting in there i'll see little tree seedlings and stuff when i look in and i'll be like oh wait where did you come from how did you get so big and you know i brought in a lot of pine needles for Mm -hmm. mulch which is great great mulch but i've never ever had um what's it creeping charlie and i've noticed some baby creeping charlie and i'm like Uh oh my gosh so i'm working so hard to make sure they don't Oh, that is the nastiest thing to get out. But see, that's the thing. You get something from somewhere and you you don't always know the weeshies. Oh, I did get, by the way, um, I finally found a place that had some good compost barb. And I ordered nine yards because I am making my side yard that's all turf, well, mostly turf, into all hostas and shade garden. And so I had the guy deliver nine yards um, and I'm really excited. It's it's a mixture of three-year-old composted cow dairy manure with uh, he adds uh, peat to it and some other compost and it looks really nice so we'll see how that goes yeah i saw a picture of it it looks black and rich and it looks like the kind of thing that you'd like to say yeah we all need that in our garden you know we don't we don't have enough organic uh materials in our soil well, and, the comp- so we, and there's no place to get, really get compost that that's you, true that's yeah, true it's a tough thing and you know i have been adding um the leaves that we saved from last year that were breaking down to all my plants yes. and now I'm out of leaves and I'm just thinking oh my gosh it's the first of first of July and you know it's surprising when you put down leaves or grass or whatever you're using to mulch you think this is going to last a long time but it doesn't That's, you know the sun the rain the humidity all of these things going on things break down fast you mentioned leaf uh, leaf mold which is the broken down leaves is some of the best you thing you can use for compost it's such a good thing for your uh, property and I went uh, to a nursery and thought, I thought well I was gonna buy some compost I thought I could buy enough to cover the the area but there's no way I could but leaf mold a bag uh, I don't know if it's a cubic what is it, a cubic yard? Is that what they call it? Yeah. But I yeah, a, ba- a bag full. seven ninety nine. Wow. I mean, wow. and I thought of all those the- leaves are gold, aren't yes, they? Yes. It's yeah. like black yeah. or brown gold. Yeah. yeah. I have to thank my husband because he's the one who gathers them up. He's the one who mulches them, bags them. And, um, you know, these. you have to get these really heavy duty lawn bags. This right. isn't a garbage bag it's that you're using. very thick. Yeah. Yeah. Industrial. Exactly. And, and then. And, chop them you need to mulch them yeah and then stacks them along the fence Mm -hmm. in the very back and then as i need them he opens them up for me and i lug them around all over and i get down on my hands and knees and i push them up now you know when you're going to mulch a tree 
or shrugged. You don't want to get it up on the trunk. But when it comes to something like peonies or something like that, you really need to work it in among the stems, anything like that. And uh, flocks are important, too, because they are so susceptible to powdery mildew right. and uh, any kind of a... Um, a fungal disease that comes up from the soil. The powdery mildew doesn't come up from the soil. It's the, it it's, it travels through the air. The air. So so you don't get it. But these other things that you can get um, can come up from the soil. And by the way, my um, tomato plant that I have at home yes. is doing amazingly well. It has um, survived, and we had to put it in the maybe a um, 30 gallon container at least yeah put it have you you know what a, a little um cart is it's a two-wheeler and it has the and you can shove it under boxes and move things around with well, like a dolly yeah it's a dolly but, yeah but a small one mm-hmm. and we have it on that and we have <laughs> a bungee cord that holds it in place sure. and goes around and when it got too hot we simply moved. <laughs> You're moved, babying it. <laughs> yes, we moved it in out of the sun and in into the porch, and then opened up. We have double doors. Opened up the doors so the sunlight could come in there, but it wasn't going to be scorched. And now it's looking really great. And the same thing with my peppers. Only the pepper plants, um, I kept them outside because they can take the heat. And um, on the banana pepper, which is a sweet pepper, I have seven fruits coming. So that is, I mean, seven. I've got a whole bunch of little uh, yum yum peppers coming. I noticed that are, mm-hmm. that are going to be ready pretty soon. And I had um, saw on the Facebook uh, garden um, site. Some people were saying that their blossoms were falling off of their tomatoes. Is that because of the heat, or what would cause the blossoms to drop? Do you have any idea? Well, I think it's it's being stressed. I would think it maybe is lack of of moisture. Okay, it's a it's a moisture thing, and it yeah. has to be. That's the other thing is it has to be an even moisture. You can't just like one day say, well, I'm going to give it you know five gallons of water, and then forget about it, and it gets really dry because right. they need all that moisture to to develop the fruits, or you're not going to have very good. Yeah, right. And here again, that's where it's really so important to have them mulch just keep them mulch and you'll see those those horizontal uh leaves that are coming up from the bottom those new little ones just take a nice clean sterile pruning shears and clip them off and take them out of the garden i did that for my neighbor lady last night across the street because (laughs) she says i don't know what about my tomatoes if they're doing very good or not and so i went over there and looked at them and they're doing pretty good she had asparagus that was um you know when the asparagus is done Mm -hmm. it it leaves out and looks like a little christmas tree sure well they were pretty much shading the tomatoes so i said we'll just take and we'll cut those off so they get sun and then i trim the bottom off i said because you don't want these touching the soil and so yeah 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 one thing about asparagus they really do benefit if you leave all that top growth on right sometimes you have to take off just a little bit and maybe next year she'll want to consider moving them out to a better place for them oh yeah. she's got a beautiful i mean it's a it's a huge patch so yeah, yeah. oh she's got a huge patch yeah oh. yeah because i've i have like two plants and i accidentally cut the top off forgot about that and so i don't know if i'll have any for next year or not but yeah. we'll see yeah they may come back you know it's hot and if if we get some moisture you know things have a way of of really coming back so yeah 
Uh, other than that, uh, everything is doing well in my in my garden. Right, and I'm just uh, I'm battening down the hatches, or so to speak, or just preparing for the Japanese beetles because I'm sure that they're going to be here, and yeah. and that's about the time my uh, my hardy hibiscus will start to bloom, and that they love that hardy hibiscus. So right. it's just it a just, part of what we have to yeah, do. Yeah, remind yourself that we're not having tornadoes, we're not having yes. hurricanes, we're not having our earthquakes or things like this, and we're really quite fortunate. And sometimes you win a few, you lose a few. That's the way it is with gardening. Right. Anything else we should be doing right now, Barb? Um, well, be sure and take care of yourself. You know, drink lots of water, uh, wear your sunscreen, and it's best to get your gardening done in the mer- in the morning right. until about 11 o'clock, and then you can come back out again at 4 o'clock or so when the UV is, is not as uh, um, pronounced. And, um, and even later on in the evening after supper is even better yet. But take care of yourself, and be sure and protect your eyes. Oh, that's a good point. Wear your wear your sunglasses, yeah. Yeah, and and buy good sunglasses that, so you're sure you got UV protection. Right. And uh, this weekend you'll have some time to to get out and garden. It's the 4th of July weekend. Some people have the have a 3-day <coughs> weekend and I know you've got a uh, family coming. Get family from coming. Are you going to put them in the garden too and make them do something? No, no. <laughs> this is just all, it's all about fun and going to the lake. We we had our boat out to Lake Washington. Oh, how was that? Is it, it pretty green or did No, it wasn't. Oh, it was good. Surprisingly, it looked it looked absolutely great. And of course, you know, for the Fourth of July, we never put our boat on the lake. It's just absolutely crazy. There's oh, yeah. so many people. Too many and people, right? Yeah, yeah. But we won't on the fourth, but we will when they're here after the fourth. So, Very good. Yeah. Well, it's always great to talk with you, and you enjoy family coming to town, and yeah. uh, we'll talk with you next week. Okay, thanks a lot, Karen. Yep. Bye-bye, Barb. All right, it is 10 o'clock.